Next, the golden days of radio. Hi, this is Frank Brzee welcoming you to the golden days of radio. Great moments from radio programs of the past with the world's most famous personalities. Those memorable moments when everyone listened to enjoy the make-believe world of radio. On this program, we are featuring Fibber McGee and Molly, Arthur Q. Bryan, Bill Thompson, Harlow Wilcox, and comedian Henry Morgan. Fibber McGee and Molly were the most popular program with the number one rating on radio for many years. Their Tuesday night show on NBC was a must for millions of listeners across America. Jim and Marion Jordan, Fibber and Molly, started on radio at a station in Chicago in 1931 with a program titled The Smackouts. Jim Jordan played a grocery store proprietor who was always just smack out of everything. The program lasted for four years until 1935. At that time, a national sponsor was looking for a new idea and a new show to fill their needs. Fibber McGee and Molly was created and became an instant coast-to-coast hit. Here now, with Harlow Wilcox as the announcer, Bill Thompson as Mr. Oldtimer, and Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble, are Fibber McGee and Molly. It snowed last night in Westville Vista, a beautiful, thick carpet of white. And the town looks like a Christmas card. Standing on the front walk at number 79, Mrs. McGee thinks she has never seen such a lovely sight. (sighs) And Mr. McGee, just listen to what he thinks of the beautiful snow. Snow. All it causes is trouble. Wet feet, traffic jams, hard work. Snow. Why do we have to have it? What's it good for? How much did you pay for that snow shovel? Three bucks. If we never have any snow, it would be stupid to buy a snow shovel, wouldn't it? Well, yes, but So that's what snow is good for. It proves you are not so stupid. (laughs) Hey, it does at that, don't it? Why, sure it does. Ain't that a wonderful thought? Thousands of tons of snow all over the country just to prove that I ain't stupid. (laughs) Kind of makes you stop and think, don't it? I sometimes... What's the matter? I'm just listening for the phone. That guy ever call again? Who? I don't know. Well, then what guy are you talking about? The guy that phoned this morning while you were taking out the ashes and I was in the shower and by the time I got up from slipping on the soap and got downstairs, it stopped ringing. You know, the guy that the next time he called, I was in the basement getting the snow shovel out from under three tons of coal that they dumped it down the chute while I was playing in the Elks Pool Tournament last week and they didn't know the snow shovel was there. (laughs) That guy. Oh, him. Yeah. No, I haven't gotten a call all morning. Who was it? Well, I don't know, but it must be urgent. Hey. Hey, you think maybe it was the pot of gold? I doubt it. They've been off the air for several years. Well, our phone's been busy a lot. Hey, that's it. I bet it's one of them quiz shows. Oh, McGee, I don't think so. Look, let's be logical. Are you expecting a call from a quiz show? No, I'm not. Well, neither am I. And one of them guys always call. When you're not expecting it, that's when. Boy, oh boy. Keep listening, Molly. Keep listening. All right, all right. You shovel. I'll listen. Okay. (laughs) 
Ah, this is hard work. How can anything that looks so light weigh so much? The paper commented on that this morning, dear. You did? Yes. The paper said this was the heaviest snow we've had for a long time. <laughs> By the way, uh, why the extra shovel on the porch? Oh, that. Well, uh, I change off. When this one gets too hot, I use that one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> McGee, the phone. The telephone, McGee. The phone. That's it. That's the guy that... I'll get it. Snow shovel. Heavenly days. Here, let me help you up. Are you hurt? Uh, I don't know yet. Answer the phone, will you? I'll get up later. Uh, quick, the phone. I can't get in the house. You're lying across the door. Well, well, kick me out of the way before the phone stops. It stopped. Oh, my. Uh-oh, there's the phone again, McGee. I'll get it this time. No, no, no. I'll get it. Must be for me. I'll get it. Dead ratted snow shovel. Sweetheart, dearie, are you hurt? No. No, I don't think so. Quick, help me up so I can answer the... <sighs> Ain't that the doggonest? Who do you suppose it is? I haven't the faintest idea. Me either. That's what got me worried. Hey, do you suppose anything wonderful has happened to your rich Aunt Sarah? Like she's fell off the roof, maybe? <laughs> no, and get that happy look off of your face. <laughs> Just a thought. <sighs> Say for you, dearie, that you're doing a fine job. What'd you say, kiddo? I say, here comes Dr. Gamble. Oh. Hello, doctor. Oh, hi, doc. Hello, Molly. And good day to you, muscle-bound. Hmm. <laughs> what do you mean, muscle-bound? I at least can lean over and see where I've been shoveling without stepping back three paces. <laughs> That's more than you could do. With that steak and potatoes brand of yours, it's a wonder you ever know if your socks match. <laughs> Anyway, at your age, I'd suggest you leave the hard physical work to somebody... Hey, hey, telephone. It's ringing. I'll answer it, McGee. You stay here and talk to... No, 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 no. It's for me. I'm sure. I'll get it. Come on, doctor. I think we need you. He doesn't need me after a fall like that. He needs six muscular friends and a brief eulogy by somebody who doesn't know him too well. Help me up, somebody. I got to answer that phone. Too late, dearie. It stopped ringing. Mm. Are you hurt badly? Look him over, will you, doctor? I've been looking him over for a number of years, and he gets no prettier. <laughs> think you busted anything, Strawfoot? I think I busted everything. Look at that bone sticking out there. Look at that. What's that, my clavicle? That's the handle of your snow shovel. Oh. <laughs> Doctor, is he all right? Yeah, sit up, Graceful. <laughs> now, take a deep breath. <laughs> your idea of a deep breath? I hope you never have to swim across a finger bowl underwater. Now, take a deep one. Uh, you're all 
right, child of brain, just skinned and bruised. Yeah, I'd better quit snuggling show for today, huh? <laughs> Who said that? McGee huh? did. Yeah, better take it easy, huh? Relax. Certainly not. Get back and shovel. Loosen up those stiff muscles. Huh? Now, if you'll excuse me, I've got to get back to the hospital. Huh? Accident case. Oh, what kind, Lardo? Man slipped and fell down with his neck across his snow shovel and broke it in two pieces. <laughs> well, so long. Did he mean his... She, I didn't have the nerve to ask. How does your back feel now, dearie? Better? Oh, no. No, but my leg hurts so bad I don't notice my back anymore. You ought to see my knees. They look like I've been shooting craps on a pile of broken glass. <laughs> Look, sweetheart, why don't you go in and lie down? Then if the phone rings... No, sir. I started this job, and by George, I'm going to finish it. At this point, I don't care if that, that dreaded phone never rings again. I wouldn't answer that phone now if it was... No, sweetheart. No, it didn't ring. <laughs> I thought I heard it. Anyhow, like I... Oh, hey. Take that extra shovel off the steps there and get it out of the way, will you? With pleasure. I'll drop it here in the snow. Good. There. At least that's one hazard you don't have to worry about. Oh, look, McGee, the lad on the sled. Huh? Coming down the hill. Watch it. Look out, Sonny. Hey, watch out there, boy. <laughs> Hi, gosh, look at him. Roll right into a snowbank. Head over shoelaces. Yeah, well, come on, help him up, kiddo. Uh, oh, it hurts me just to look at a fall like that. Help Here, Sonny, give me your hand now. Well, yeah. oh, thanks, daughter. Well, hello there, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, daughter. Hi, Johnny. Well, for Heavenly the... Heavenly days, it's the old timer. Hi, old timer. Hey, you want to go belly busting, Johnny? <laughs> you know, that might be a nice switch at that, McGee. Mm, you said it. I've busted everything else so far. <laughs> no, thanks, old timer. I got to clean off this sidewalk in case it freezes tonight. Liable to get slick. Well, it can be dangerous, Johnny. I spread ashes around our front porch this morning myself. <laughs> Some folks use gravel. What do you spread on your front steps, kids? McGee. Huh? <laughs> he said what he has spread on the steps. And, uh, you know, the phone keeps ringing, Mr. Oldtimer, and every time McGee hits that porch, he spreads out like a pat of butter on a hot waffle. Well, the boy's kind of fumble-footed, daughter. He don't keep in condition. You ought to do like me, Johnny. First thing I do every morning is hop into a cold shower for ten minutes. Tones me up. <laughs> no kidding. You stand under a cold shower in this weather? Yep. One of these days, I'm going to get up the nerve to turn it on, too. <laughs> I always claim that, hey... What is it? Well, there's a snow shovel laying out here in the yard, kids. Liable to lose it that way. Yeah, we know. We put it there, so just... I better put it over here on the floor. No, don't you bother now. We want it left no, out No, 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 no. That's it. That's the phone. I'll, I'll get it. I'll on the steps here where you kids can find it when you want it. That ratted snow shovel. Dear, oh, dear, McGee. Johnny! Yeah? The phone's ringing. <laughs> Never mind. They hung up.
Oh, oh, my aching everything. Now, now, you just stay there on the Davenport, sweetheart. You'll be all right. Can I get you anything? No. No, I'll just lay here and listen for the phone. Whoever that is is going to get a hunk of my mind that... There it is. That's it. I'll get it. No, no. Hello. Hello, this is McGee. Hello. No, no, dearie. That's the doorbell. Oh. Here. Let Mother help you back on the divan. You mustn't exert yourself like that. Oh, come on in. Ah, uh, good afternoon to you both. You, Mr. and Mrs. McGee. Yes, we are, bud. Whatever you want, I'm pretty busy right now. I'm waiting for a phone call, and I... Uh, this will only take a few minutes, Mr. McGee. I've been phoning you all day, but I couldn't... You! Get... You mean you're the guy that's been phoning me all day? Well, come on, come on, come on. What is it? What do you want? What do you want? Uh, Mr. McGee, I just wanted to ask you one important question. Yeah, bud, shoot, bud. What is it? What is it? Well, I'm with the Life and Limb Insurance Company. How yeah. are you fixed for accident insurance? <laughs> Axe! Molly, hand me my shotgun out of the closet, will you? Hurry, because this guy may get away before I get... Gladly, a... dearie. Don't go away uh, now, sir. Well, I can see you're in no mood to talk insurance today, oh, Mr. McGee. I'm in... I'll see you later. Call me if I can... Oh. Here, watch out for the snow shovel, sir. <laughs> Look at him bounce. <laughs> One of the most creative and satirical comedians on radio was Henry Morgan. His bright and witty personality was enhanced by his biting and sometimes sarcastic humor. During the 40s, his half-hour weekly program was a must for listeners of all ages. Here's what I consider a particularly brilliant sequence from his show of March 18, 1948. You know, lately... I've been killing time reading some of the more popular pulp magazines like um, Sexy Detective, uh, Popular Plumbers. I'm reading movie magazines like uh, Dirty Screen. But the type I like the best are the True Story Confession magazines. That's where people... Somebody did an air intake there that was very significant... For the rest of you who don't know about them, the, um, these are the magazines where people tell their secret stories, bearing their souls, because their hearts are breaking, and they need the hundred dollars. <laughs> I feel that we can use more of these magazines for all those people who have stories of misery and love, but haven't been able to get them printed. So I'm starting a new series of magazines, The Morgan Pulps, and the first one is a love confession magazine entitled... True lies. 
March issue, 15 cents, extra feature this month, The Confession of a Woman Who Committed Suicide, specially for this issue. <laughs> Let's open a copy of True Lies and look over the names of some of the stories for this month. See what we'd like to read. Oh, here's one looks pretty interesting. I was in love with my father's janitor. <laughs> oh, here's one by a housewife. I nagged my husband to death. Here's a sad one. I strangled my own psychiatrist. <laughs> hey, this next story, oh, this looks real good. Let's read this one from the beginning. The title is... How My Lover and I Escaped from Harvard. If you were born on Park Avenue, would you marry beneath your station? Which would you choose? The love of a good woman... Or a 1948 Buick. <laughs> to what lengths would you go to change your name if you were Olga Leadbelly? <laughs> All right. Let's read the story. I'll read it to you. It begins like this. My name is Olga Leadbelly, the only child of Springboard Leadbelly who made the Leadbelly magnets he was a great magnet, magnet. My father kept me away from boys because he wanted me to marry Pertwistle Potbelly, heir to the Potbelly stove fortune. But I was a wild girl. I didn't want money, fame, fortune, riches. Dear readers, can you understand this? Neither could my father. So I went my merry way till one day I met... Melvin. It was in Central Park. I was sitting on a bench, feeding peanuts to the bums. <laughs> suddenly, <laughs> suddenly one man turned to me and he said, You got any Indian nuts? <laughs> I turned, I looked at him, and I could see a man with breeding, with taste, with intelligence. Come on, come on, fork over the Indian nuts. <laughs> A week later, we were married. My father said, I will rue the day. You will rue the day. <laughs> but I laughed at my foolish father. <laughs> you foolish father, you. <laughs> oh, but if I knew then what I know now, how much more I would know now than I knew then. <laughs> but those first few days with Melvin were so blissful. I remember the morning he brought breakfast to bed. I was so thrilled, and I said... Melvin. Yes, Olga? How about giving me some breakfast, too? <laughs> I'm sorry, Olga, my sweet. Oh, Melvin, I love you so. You love me. Yeah, but keep your dirty hands off the toast. <laughs> Melvin, do you mean to say that your food means more to you than my love? Let me put it another way. It was soon after that I began to realize... <laughs> it, was... <laughs> it was soon after that I began to realize <laughs> that Melvin's love was cooling. Nothing important happened, just little things throwing me down the stairs. <laughs> but I knew he was just a boy who would never grow old, and the way things were going, neither would I. 
One day I faced him and exclaimed... Melvin! Yeah, Olga, my sweet? Melvin, say that you still love me dearly. You still love me dearly. <laughs> say that our love will never die. Our love will never die. And one more thing. And one more thing. <laughs> say, say that no matter what happens, you and I will go on this way through the years. Our love always in full bloom. Wow, that's a long one. <laughs> and so, things went along well again, but soon I noticed that things began disappearing. Not important things, little things. My Cadillac convertible, the Steinway piano. And at first I thought that I was seeing things, but the more times I looked, the less things I saw. Till one day, something disappeared. Something which I'd always treasured since childhood. I confronted Melvin and said... Melvin? Yeah? What did you do with my father? <laughs> what happened to him? Olga, my sweet, be brave. I fear your dear father has been kidnapped. He is being held for ransom. Oh, Melvin, I'll do anything. I'll pay the kidnapper the ransom. How do I pay it? Tonight, before you go to sleep... Yes? Put $50,000 in small bills under my pillow. It was then I became suspicious. <laughs> At last, my eyes were opened, and though Melvin tried to close them again, I managed to call the police. And when the police came... Melvin was dragged out of my life. And later I married sweet, patient, pert whistle Potbelly, completely overlooking the fact that he was a millionaire. And I shall always cherish the memory of that wonderful day when at last a lead belly became a Potbelly. <laughs> wraps up this edition of the Golden Days of Radio. I hope you've enjoyed the past half hour. Do you sleep well at night or do you have trouble sleeping? Are you bothered by nightmares? As members of the armed forces, we all have important jobs. Give the day's work all you've got and you'll sleep better at night and so will your fellow Americans here at home. This is Frank Brzee in Hollywood, California inviting you back next time for more great moments from radio programs of the past. American Forces Radio and Television Service.